It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another come-from-behind fourth-quarter victory as the Vikings move to 7-1. and one. We're breaking it all down, including the unsung heroes and the new NFC playoff picture. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for and download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. Reggie's still flying back from D.C., so we're going to the bullpen today with the legend Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, co-host of the Ron Johnson Show. Sam? How's your arm feeling? You ready to roll? Throw some heat? My, my arm's good. I hope you're tossing me some curveballs with your arm today, some knucklers. I can I can hit some softballs if you want. Um, it was Reggie on, on the Kirk plane. Was he is that the flight that you're referring to? Or, or is you this know, a different, I haven't heard a back, different so so hopefully he comes back with some good content and some good footage for sure. Lots to get into, but first remember follow Long Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at locked on MIN. And remember. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson Show, you got the Football Party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. All right, to football we go. Vikes 20, Commander 17. Minnesota comes back from down 10 in the fourth quarter, wins its sixth consecutive one-score game. The Vikings are 7-1. and one. Cousins gets his revenge in the return to Washington. And Sam, your Minnesota Vikings are the second-best team in the NFL. When I just say those words out loud, how does that make you feel? Like, what's the first few things that come to mind? This Vikings team defies logic. Um, they are an exhibition in winning on the margins with good coaching, clutch play, mm -hmm. and situational awareness, which every week they do fewer dumb things than their opponents. Like every week, it's a fourth quarter turnover that the Vikings force that either clinches the game or sets them up for victory. Um, untimely penalties, you know, on Washington. Minnesota, it, they've been rising above that. They're playing clean. Other teams are messy. Other teams are scattered. Their quarterbacks are making dumb decisions. Vikings are doing that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's not what you're doing. It's what you're not doing, and that's making dumb mistakes. And the Vikings execute, and they are just a master class right now in what a, a different voice in that locker room can represent. And Kevin O'Connell's point yesterday, I thought, in the locker room speech was great. They're playing their best when the best is required. And even though it sounds cliche, coach speak, it absolutely rings true for these Vikings who are not playing 
great football for four quarters, but rather they're playing great in the fourth quarter when it counts most. And here we are, Luke, 7-1, and one, and I can't believe that we got here, but here we are. Yeah, speaking of coaches, breaking news, Colts fire head coach Frank Reich. Talk about the difference and the importance of head coaching play. You see the difference of the Vikings and a team like the Colts. It wasn't pretty. In fact, it was kind of downright ugly at times. But they just, like he said, find a way to scratch and claw, find their way to victory. Bill Parcells always used to say it. You are what the record says you are, Vikings 7-1. and That makes them the second best team in the NFL. But if you asked a hundred people, I bet you maybe five would tell you they feel like the second best team in the NFL right now. Their formula for winning right now, rallying back late in every game, every week. It just doesn't feel sustainable to a lot of people when you're facing the cream of the crop in the NFL, the elite teams in the league, especially come playoff time. But here we are. And at this point, we've basically said the same thing seven weeks in a row now. So they're making it really tough to bet against them for all the reasons you just mentioned, Sam, because all they do is just produce when it matters, when the game's on the line. What's your thoughts on the sustainability of this and just the identity of this team? Are they the comeback kids now at this point? Is that just who they are? I think that when your quarterback is able to, to produce this time and time again, that's the biggest variable in all of this, right? Because Kirk Cousins is probably going to be the guy under center every week in this position. Um, and I think that is a legitimate skill that quarterbacks can be good at or be bad at. And I think Kirk Cousins has legitimately gotten better in this regard. He seems to be playing with that quieted mind that Kevin O'Connell wants him to play with. So it, like, given the, the landscape of the league right now, there's not many other quarterbacks that I would take above Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> like, all the veteran quarterbacks that the league used to rely on for this this consistency, they're all playing horribly, right? I mean, Matt Ryan got benched. Aaron Rodgers has lost it. Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady are playing in a punt fest. Russell Wilson is washed. Like, there's not many more fan bases that, that trust their quarterback more than the Vikings trust Kirk Cousins right now. I mean, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, who not many others. I mean, it, it's definitely a short list, and Kirk Cousins is toward the top of it, which is wild. And that's just crazy. Now, I, wanna, I want people to acknowledge this, Luke, on Kirk. We said for years that Kirk Cousins' stat sheet was window dressing. He's padding the stats. The stats do not reflect the player. He is not playing as well as the stats would reflect. This year, it's the opposite, right? So I am acknowledging that Kirk Cousins is a huge piece behind this winning streak. The stats would suggest he's playing much worse. His stats are not very good. He's got a career-low QBR. But I, I'm saying that Kirk Cousins is a big reason behind this. So I just want to point out that... The argument that applied in previous years where the stats didn't mean as much because he you know, wasn't playing up to them, I think that the same is true. I think it's just reversed. I think that the stats don't reflect how clutch he's been in the fourth quarter, and I'm giving Kirk Cousins credit for that. Feels weird coming out of my mouth with those words, but I think that's the reality. You make a good point. Like, it's one thing to win close games like one week, okay, uh, maybe a special team splash play or a defensive turnover, a scoop and score, a pick six. When it's constantly and continually your quarterback that is leading you back in these games and getting you victories, uh, that says a lot. So so to your point, I think you're right on that. Vikes now five and a half game
game lead in the NFC North, largest lead in the league. I want to get into the current landscape of the NFC playoff picture and what that looks like and the Vikes' remaining schedule. But first, let's dive a little bit deeper into the game, the box score, the X's and O's. We could talk about Kirk all day. He's certainly the trending topic right now, flooding the internet with the chain gang on the plane, shining the ice. We'll break him down a little bit more later on the football party and throughout the week, but Kirk's the A topic going into Monday morning. TJ Hawkinson has to be the B topic, right? Nine targets, nine catches. I think at least four, if not five, went for first downs and moved the chain. 70 yards in his Viking debut. This guy showed up to Egan on Tuesday night, had the iPad and playbook in his hands by bedtime, was on the practice field rocking the new 87 by Wednesday morning. And just a handful of days later, he's on the field, on the road, played 91% of the snaps, turned into one of the bigger unsung heroes of the game. Between the guts it took Kwesi just to go get the guy at the deadline, to him coming in, and the fact that he was just prepared enough to even understand the verbiage, the route concepts, the complicated, intricate KOC offense, to play like he did. He opens the game with a 19-yard catch and first down. Talk to me about that performance and what you think this offense can now look like with a top-five tight end now in the mix. Yeah, it made it evident how much of a void there was before. You know, Kirk Cousins has had a reliable tight end every year until now. I mean, he he had Kyle Rudolph for several years when he started out in Minnesota. Rudolph declined, but then he, you know, and, and actually Irv Smith was playing much better. Before Irv Smith got hurt, you know, Irv Smith was, was the other reliable guy. They had that one-two punch, and then Tyler Conklin took their place, and Kirk leaned on Tyler Conklin mightily. Um, so then this year, to not have a reliable tight end, either, you know, Johnny Munt or unproductive Irv, who, for whatever reason, just has not put it together this year and now is hurt again, um, you could tell there was a void in that offense. And I still think there was a void yesterday. That They're not clicking on all cylinders yet. Um, but having that tight end back in the mix reminded you, oh, yeah, Kirk is actually pretty pretty good with a good tight end. Like Kirk has that safety blanket now between the hash marks like he used to have in years past. Props to Hawkinson for learning this offense, learning the blocking schemes, the route concepts, and giving Kirk that that safety net on nine different plays yesterday. Just a massive presence. And I actually posed this question, Luke. Could TJ Hawkinson from this point on be the number two receiver on this team? I think it's realistic. You know, to that point, I don't think the Vikings win yesterday without him. I, I, I honestly don't. Thielen couldn't get open. Three catches, had one good splash play. Osborne was blanketed all day. JJ, despite the numbers, having a what we'll call an off day, right? Still saying something because he still quietly put up 125 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Running game was non-existent. Cook and Madison combined for 19 carries, 48 yards, two and a half yards per carry. By the way, that Washington defense, specifically the front defensive line in the trenches, pretty underrated. Jonathan Allen is an absolute beast. We'll have to break him and down no a little Chase bit later. Young. But I think he comes back somewhat soon, too. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Without Hawkinson, though, providing that threat in the middle of the field and moving the chains on third down like he did time and time again, 
I truly don't know if the Vikings are in a position at the end to win that game. And if that's what that dude can do after being in this system for, what, four days, five days, I can't wait to see him in four weeks or come playoff time. This guy is an elite pass-catching tight end. He legitimately might be, like you mentioned, Sam, the number two option for Kirk Cousins in this offense moving forward. You know, this offense had all the weapons at all the positions except one, and you're only as good as your weakest link. And now it feels like this whole thing can just kind of take off under KOC into kind of a new level, take a new step, a level that maybe we were all expecting and hoping for when KOC was brought in in the offseason from the Rams. And the other part of this that needs to be discussed is the guts it took for the first-year rookie GM to go out and make a move like this at the deadline, just to be aware enough that even though this was never part of the plan, I didn't think we'd be 6-1 and one at this point, so the Packers would be struggling the way they are, the NFC's wide open this year, take advantage of that opportunity and really strike while the iron's hot. Say what you want about him thus far, the draft picks, the trades, the signings, but that move he made to go out and get a premium talent at a position of need, turning your biggest weakness weakness on offense into a legitimate strength. I think that's one Quasey can really hang his hat on here for a while. A serious kind of resume booster there. I do want to talk about that playoff picture and the landscape of the NFL a little bit. But first, Vikings now 14-1 to to win the Super Bowl after this 7-1 start. Vikings now open the week. Nine-point underdogs on the road, outdoors, taking on Josh Allen and the Bills. The over-under currently sitting at 47.5. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And remember, you can now find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app and enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right, real quick, back to the Vikings. Currently, second best record behind Philly. We're about to get into this upcoming schedule here a bit, the playoff picture. But before we move on, I need to know your unsung heroes of the game because every week the quarterback gets all the love, as he should. JJ and Dalvin get a lot of the spotlight because they make the splash plays. But you and I both know there's so much more that goes on each and every game that influences the outcome. And yesterday, I saw some guys step up in a big way and help impact the game to a point you could make the argument without those guys, there's a good chance they might not win that game yesterday. So give me an unsung hero just kind of top of your head that comes to mind after that win yesterday against Washington. Yeah, I think this guy would be the definition of an unsung hero. A Caleb Evans on defense. He comes in for Cameron Dantzler, who hurts his ankle. Rookie fourth-round pick. Probably the biggest spot of his career, safe to say. He's had spot duty here and there in the first seven games, but yesterday really thrown in there for a half of football. He wasn't exploited. 
uh, which is the biggest. Like it, a lot of times, those rookies get picked on, right? And he didn't get picked on. They didn't target him. They didn't like move the ball on him consistently. And he came up with a massive splash play on fourth down. Curious play call by Washington. That's Ron Rivera's problem. But defending Terry McLaurin with a pass breakup to get the ball back from Minnesota. The the thing with Patrick Peterson, Luke, is that he defends one side of the field and he lives there, which means that other teams don't have to put their best receivers on Peterson. They put them on, I think, a lesser cornerback in Dantzler and or a Caleb Evans. And a Caleb Evans was up for the challenge yesterday. He's my number one unsung hero. Zero completions allowed 45 snaps I believe it was and again just to be thrown in the fire it's one thing to know you're going to get the start you can mentally prepare to get thrown in the fire early Cam Dantzler went out what five six seven minutes into the first quarter to be thrown in that situation what impressed me the most you think cornerbacks you think pass coverage the run stopping and tackling ability out on the boundary I thought I was watching Antoine Winfield for a second. Two tackles for loss. The way he defended the boundary was outstanding. That gives me a lot of encouragement moving forward for this guy. And as much as I've been banging the table for Andrew Booth Jr., because there's some conspiracy out there that I just can't enjoy my favorite draft pick of the Vikings class. They just won't play the guy. Caleb Evans, if you go back to late preseason, you'll quietly see that he's been kind of ahead of him in the pecking order to some degree all season long. So Caleb Evans, very encouraging to see a lot of encouragement when you look at the youth of the secondary for the Vikings moving forward. Lewisine, Cam Bynum, obviously Cam Dantzler, Caleb Evans now, and of course, eventually we'll see Andrew Boot Jr. too. When you win games like that, it's always a total effort and always fun to see other guys who don't get a lot of the spotlight step up and get recognized like they should. Daniil Hunter, obviously another unsung hero there too. A little bit more of the spotlight, but just to see him come around a little bit and get two sacks was really nice to get in the stat box. All right, moving to the bigger picture here real quick. Vikings have the two seed. They would currently have home field advantage and host the San Francisco 49ers, which if I'm just being honest, kind of scares me right now. Just the way they looked after their first game of C-Mac. They got the bye this week. Here's the whole picture, though, real quick. Eagles 1, Vikings 2, Seahawks 3, just like I predicted all along, of course. Bucks 4 at 4 and 5 in that weak NFC South. Cowboys 5, Giants 6. They both have buys this week. Niners 7. You got the Falcons, Commanders, Rams, Saints, Packers, even the Cardinals and Bears, all within a game or two from the wild card on the outside looking in as of now. So that's the playoff picture. Their remaining schedule looks like this. At Buffalo, Dallas at home, short week versus Belichick on Thanksgiving. The New York Jets, three home games in a row there. That's awfully nice. At Detroit, two more home games with the Colts and the Giants. And then you end with back-to-back road games in the division with the Packers and Bears. When you just hear all that, just knowing what you know, how the Vikings have played, how they're winning games, how the rest of the conference looks, what are your storylines for the second half of the season? What's like the ideal, but I guess realistic scenario look like in your mind that you're hoping for for the Vikes? So we are at the so-called halfway point of the season. Mm -hmm. There is no real halfway point. It would be, I guess, halftime of the next game. But we're at the halfway point. We're just going to call it that. There's nine games to go. If the Vikings win five, they're they're 12 and five. Um, and that's conservative, Luke, because I believe you just laid out to me that they have five out of six home games at one point in a stretch. They're undefeated at home. Um, I think 12 wins at this point would almost be disappointing. I think that's the floor um, with the way that they play in that building. The... 
there are some quality opponents there. There are also some some teams they should beat up on. Uh, Detroit being among them. I think the Jets, the Jets confuse the heck out of me. So do the Giants. They're kind of in that Vikings category. They just find ways to win. I don't know what to think of them, but I also think the Vikings should should take care of business. Um, now, the real question here is, is there a path where the Vikings get the one seed? Because unfortunately, the two seed really doesn't mean anything anymore. It used to be that two seed was the bye and the home field in the first game. Not anymore. You got to play in the wild card round. So unless you can catch Philly, it's not quite as critical that you get that two. Um, Philadelphia looks hard to catch Luke, and they don't have the tiebreaker. So you're really two games behind them. However, I think Minnesota needs to go all out to try. Now, if you fall behind by three games, you're probably they're probably out of reach. But that needs to be the goal at this point. You're one game back, and you don't have the tiebreaker. You need to make a run at Philadelphia and hope that the Cowboys and Giants, you know, take them down a notch in their second half of the season to give Minnesota a chance. Because it, otherwise it would be 2017 all over again with mm-hmm. the Vikings at two, Philly at one, and maybe an NFC Championship game in Kid. Philadelphia. Can you imagine the rematch in Philly from 2017, oh. another NFC Championship game here? Here's the Eagles' remaining schedule. Tell me where the loss comes. Uh, I see maybe one. Commanders next week. Colts just fired their head coach. Packers struggling at home. Titans, that's the one. Okay, Titans gives everybody fits. They're playing really good football right now. At New York Giants, okay, maybe a tough matchup. At Soldier Field, Cowboys, Saints, Giants again. So two games with the Giants. One game with the Cowboys, just all in all, talk about catching Mm -hmm. up to the Eagles. Man, I I just don't see it. That's going to be really, really tough. All right, moving on. Final segment here, our Give Me One segment, my new favorite segment. Give me one. All right, Sam, first one up. Give me one Viking season that was most enjoyable through the first nine weeks of their season. 2022, where we stand today. 2017, that magic run with Case Keenum. Or 2009, with Brett Favre. So Favre and the Vikings were also seven and one through the first nine mm-hmm. weeks of that season. And and that was that was so special. Now the, the Keenum team at this point, we still didn't really know who they were either. Because mm-hmm. remember, there was some talk like they were still wondering, is Bradford gonna come back? Is Teddy gonna come back? The Vikings were limping along in that 2017 year. They were winning ugly games at Soldier. Ugly games against the Browns in London. Ugly games against the Ravens. That was not really a a sexy team at the midway point. And then, second half of the year, they started beating Atlanta on the road, Washington on the road, Rams at home. So that was a team that ascended in the way that you hope this Vikings team does, where the wins go from ugly and they start to pick up pace and peak at the right time. Um, I think that this Vikings team needs to, to think that way. The, 20, the 2009 team, I mean, that was just like the perfect collection of veterans with the injection of like a couple of young guys and Percy Harvin and everything just coming together. Um, where far, I mean, the veterans ran that team. Brad Childress was like secondary, you know? That, so that that's a different team. They were, they were just obliterating people, though. That was more fun to watch. This Vikings team needs to mimic the 2017 team, though. 2009 was the most enjoyable. They were blowing out teams, scoring 30, 40 points every game. Percy, Adrian Peterson, Sidney Wright. 
This year, it's stressful, but they're winning. And obviously, you love to see it. 2017, you're right. You nailed it right on the head. We just didn't even know what we were just waiting for the magic to end at any point. And it just kind of never did until we got to that NFC championship game. All right, next one. Around the NFL here, give me one of the biggest surprises in the league. Could be a team, could be a player, could be any. Just one of the biggest surprises through nine weeks of the season. I think it's Seattle. And... That, that, that is legitimately a team that we thought was tanking. We expected three, four wins from that group and Geno Smith. And the crazy thing about it is, is that the way they're winning, Luke, is arguably more sustainable and more attractive than teams like the Vikings, Giants, Jets. I mean, they're winning convincingly. They're winning at home. They're winning on the road. Their offense is is great, and I, I know that people knock Pete Carroll for you know the the run pass balance in Seattle, but the run now features Kenneth Walker, who's unbelievable as a rookie. That that that's a playoff team. I can't believe that that the league has like shifted so that teams like Seattle and the Jets are rising up, and the Rams and the Bucks and Packers are are dropping down. But Seattle might actually be a scary team to play in the playoffs. Seattle probably had the best draft of anybody in the league. What they did with that draft class just shows you with one good offseason, you go from worst to first. And you're right. Everybody assumed that they would just struggle, especially in that tough NFC West. And they still currently hold two more first round picks next year and two more second round picks. So they're going to have four more top 50, top 60 picks when this is all said and done. If they put another good draft together, watch out. They could be scary for a long, long time. Last one here real quick with Gimme One. You gave me one of the bigger surprises in a good way. Give me one of the bigger disappointments now in the NFL. Again, could be a team, a player, could be anything. A lot of teams that would qualify for this, but I think you got the a lot of options Green Bay. here. Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> I think it's Green Bay. Just from from where they were to where they are is probably the biggest drop off. And and they they bizarrely actually do have something to play for because of the weak NFC. That that final wild card spot is going to be up for grabs until the very end. So it weirdly you still might have a Rodgers or a Brady or a Stafford who's able to sneak in with eight wins or seven wins and still be in the playoff mix. And that would, Luke, that could be the team the Vikings play in the first round. Like the Vikings could have to play a seven and 10 Packers team as a wild card. Like, so that's actually kind of a scary scenario, but the Packers defense was supposed to be way better. I know they're not the reason they lost yesterday, but the defense hasn't lived up to the billing. And from what I'm seeing from the Packers insiders that I follow, Aaron Rodgers is bearing the brunt of a lot of the criticism, and he is a big reason why their offense just can't click right now. His recognition of his the plays and the way they're developing, he doesn't trust his receivers. He's trying to play hero ball sometimes. It sounds really, really bad in Green Bay. So, like, look at the commitment that teams like Denver made to Wilson, the Packers made to uh, to Rodgers, the Rams are in deep with Stafford and have no draft picks. They are none of them are set up for long term success. Really rough place to be right now if you're one of those teams. Yeah, you just hate to see it, don't you? It's just so sad. My heart goes out to all those Packers fans. It's just, yeah. it's a shame. That's a shame, Jerry. That's a shame. You know, every game matters here towards the end, especially when you're struggling, you're fighting for a playoff spot. The Bucks stole one last night 
Uh, I don't know if you saw it, or I should say late afternoon yeah. game. They played horrible for 59 minutes. It just got hot right at the end. Classic Tom Brady. We've seen it a thousand times and still won. If the playoffs started, they wouldn't just sneak in. They would have the fourth seed and actually host a game. That's how bad that NFC South is right now. So you're right. We're definitely going to see one of those aging, older veteran quarterbacks, maybe more than one. It could be Brady and or a Rodgers and or Stafford. Going to be interesting to see now that we have officially hit the second half of the season mark. All right, that's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon. Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Sam Ekstrom, on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Find him every day co-hosting the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to the producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Sam, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.